Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 34. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Metcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf. Welcome back to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I am super excited about today. Yeah, I say it every week, get over it. Uh, Because I'm having my first guest on the podcast. It was about time, wasn't it? You all get tired of hearing me. And uh, you're going to hear today from Gary Sawyer, uh, Dr. Gary Sawyer, who is a transformational relationship coach. And I've known Gary for about six years, and uh, his deal is that he helps people rewrite the rules for love in their brains. Uh, I mean, how great is that? So, and he's a national speaker. He's been a featured expert uh, on a bunch of like celebrity TV and radio shows like the Hay House Radio. Uh, and he's the creator of the Safe to Love Again workshop and the Extraordinary Couples Retreat. So he does both of those. And he's the author of this forthcoming book, which is coming out uh, right around the podcast called Safe to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love You Deserve. And he has this really unique blend of uh, NLP. For those of you who don't know who that is, it's neurolinguistic programming. Um, and attachment theory and a lot about the science of relationships, which you know I love because I like when things are grounded in actual research. So uh, without further ado, uh, we're going to switch it over to our interview with Dr. Gary Sawyer. So I am here with Gary Sawyer, uh, and I'm so excited you're here on the podcast, Gary. Can you talk about uh, why you wrote this book, which I loved, and I really want to recommend to everyone out there, uh, Safe to Love Again. And tell me why you wrote it. Well, Dr. Abby, well Dr. Abby, Abby, I guess, since we're good friends. <laughs> <laughs> that, it started a long, long time ago. I talk about it in the book, where I grew up in this very dysfunctional family with a borderline mother. I mean, the violent type. And the alcoholic type, and I swore I was going to be different. Uh, when I went to college, I was a psych major, 
had a religion major, and I thought, those two will get me, make sure this divorce thing never hits me. But then my, my senior in college, this professor does this big personality inventory on me and calls me in for the results, and he gives me all the stuff and says, I've got a personality, thank you very much, you know, all those things. And then he <laughs> said, oh, oh, by the way, uh, as you're walking out the door, you've got a 90% chance of having a divorce. And I was uh. floored. I was just floored. It was like a bombshell. Within hours, I delayed graduation and decided to do a fifth year of college to get another degree in marriage and family So to lock this thing down. So imagine my surprise when 12 years later, my wife says, I want a divorce. Wow. I had done everything imaginable. And so then I go through seven years of therapy, do all more, you know, I do John Bradshaw and all the gurus at the time, you know, the whole codependency, pionality stuff. And then I get, and I pronounce myself fit and ready. I've taken 10 years to beat this monster. And four years later, after being remarried, we're going through a divorce. Wow. And now it's like, wait a second, I have done my work. And what I realized is, although therapy had done a lot for me, I was man- it taught me to manage my pain, not to change my essential core way of relating. Mm. And when you manage your pain, it, it, you, know, you get a groundhog day effect. You keep living the same day over and over, except every decade, it seems like. <laughs> so, and that was when I said, if therapy hasn't cracked the code, then I'm going to. Wow. That's incredible. And I know people listening can relate to this because they've been through multiple marriage therapists or, you know, they've tried to change things and they changed for a little while, but then went back to the way they were. And then there's that feeling of, I'll never be able to change. You know, I'll never be able to really make my relationship different. Uh, So uh, I, I think everyone relates to that. And so Tell me a little bit about the book. There's a new theory of attachment here. I want you to explain to my listeners uh, what that is and how that works. Okay. So uh, it might be good just to check in with them about, so they get an idea what their love style is, and I can tell them what's under. Is this oh, a- I love it. Let's do that. I, oh. One of my favorite parts of uh, Gary's book was this discovering your love style. So go for it. Okay. So just listen in and see which one best... Uh, fits you. So if uh, so, the first description, class A, is uh, I'm to some extent uncomfortable being close to others. I find it difficult to trust them completely, and so I find it hard to allow myself to depend on them. I'm nervous when anyone gets too close. Often, love partners want me to be more intimate than I feel comfortable being. I can only offer so much. So. Just see if that resonates with you. If not, then we'll go down to B. B is being close to others I love is simple and uncomplicated. I'm relaxed. Depending on them and letting my partner depend on me feels good. In fact, I expect it. I don't worry about getting dumped or deserted much. Someone getting close to me is usually okay and feels good. See if that resonates. Or C. C is, I'm sometimes disappointed that others are hesitant or unwilling to get as close as I would like. I'm often concerned that my beloved doesn't like me like I 
that doesn't love me like I love them or isn't as committed as I am. I want complete and total intimacy with my romantic partners, yet my need for closeness can sometimes scare my partners away. So just check in whether A, B, or C was you. A is what attachment theory calls avoidant attachment. It's that's where there's a little bit of a flight response going on. It's a you know from being dependent on or being in a relationship. B is your classic secure. Those are the ones who, who as I say in the book, take no BS and give no BS. They they're in a flow relationship with love, and they feel comfortable with being dependent on and being de- and depending on somebody. And C is your classic anxious. They're, they learned somewhere a long time ago that love was there and not there, there and not there. And some part says, I'm going to fight to lock this thing down. The thing isn't going to get away from me again. So they have a fight response, and that, and sometimes they can be a little bit more on the drama side of things. Ah. And whereas the avoidant are more on the distant side of things. <laughs> okay. So yes. can can you just give to make this a little richer for folks who might be going, well, I'm all of those, or I'm mostly that, or mostly this. Can and and so for anyone listening, you, trust me, you're mostly one, and it's especially when you're in love, <laughs> when when those when the risks are higher that you go to one of these styles. Um, but and can you say a little more about what might have been in a childhood or a growing up developmentally that would, you know that people could identify as maybe being in one of these categories? Uh, yeah, that's right. And back to your point for just a second, sometimes people say, well, I'm secure. And you can be relatively secure for two or three months until some part of you says, mm-hmm. I'm, in a, I'm in a serious relationship. I don't know how many times people were dating, say, at the two to three month period. And then he changed or she changed or, oh my God, I started yep. freaking out. It's when your system says, I'm in a serious relationship. Then we find out what your love style, your style is, or if there's been some sort of separation. I yeah. love that. And so before we go to the other piece, because I just had a, a listener send a question to me, and she said, I was with this guy, and we were so in love, you know, we were together all the time, we're doing all this stuff, and then he ghosted me. Yes. And then all of a sudden, he was just gone. And they had been planning to go away together for a few days. And they were talking about that. And she was so excited. They were kind of going to this next level. And then he was gone. So does that sound familiar? <laughs> that sounds familiar. He's out there singing, oh, I've got this great vacation. I go to Maui. And then some part says, oh, my God, this is getting serious. Mm-hmm. Oh, remember the last time I was in it? Remember the last time I was really close to somebody? Oh, my God. And then oh my God, I've got a huge trip at work. We got to cancel the plans. Yeah. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Great. Yep. Uh, So what was the question again? Real quick. So yeah. So how are people, because again, because we said sometimes people will think they're more one than another. uh, What, when you're growing up or developing, what are the kinds of households you might have been in to create one of the either avoidant or secure, you know, what, what are those kinds of households or what kinds of experiences might have been there? Okay. So, you know, it all goes down to what, you know, Dan Siegel calls it all attachment is uh, about contingent communication. You and your work and the Gottmans talk about bids. It's how do they respond to me? So for like, say the anxious, I mean, uh, somewhere along the line, uh, love, comes, but they don't get a consistently positive 
uh, response back. So like, uh, for instance, one form of anxiousness is uh, one woman that I talked about in the book. Uh, her, her, her mother was a pretty good mom for the first three kids, but then her husband died for the fourth, just as she was about to be born. And with the depression, she just was there. She tried, but then some part of her would be was overwhelmed, and then she wouldn't be. And then she could be there for a while, and then she'd go and do her grief. But while she was doing her grief, she was not there. Wow. And the little one said, well, mom's coming and going. Mom's coming out. How mm-hmm. do I get this back? And it became anxious. Well, you know, you know, you get it? It's that paradise lost feeling. I get it, and it goes away, and I get it, and I go mm-hmm. away. Uh, how do I get this thing to stay? How do I lock this thing down? Mm. Um, and then you live your life in fear of when does love go away that's that's one way now mm. the opposite way to get an avoidant is imagine the same child but this time maybe an unwanted pregnancy and wow. and the father is a little bit of an alcoholic and 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 so angry that um he's had to marry this woman that he actually takes the bottle this is one story i tell in the book out of the baby's mouth every time uh, uh, he cries because he feels I got my life strapped and the child then realizes oh my god and mom was not very uh, present so having a connection is the least best uh, good option it's a bad deal to be connected to that sort of rejection so the system pulls away takes the best option available Uh and it's better to be Alone in my crib, then to have an angry dad taking my bottle or non, uh, a mom who want to deal with it. So the thing is, so that's so there's a flight response. But the thing we want to make sure is nobody's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Both of those young babies took the best deal available, and we like that part of the book. Whatever that attachment style is, at one time it was the best deal available. And we and it kept you on the planet. So nobody's wrong. Your brain isn't malfunctioning, but we do need to give it a new security protocol. It's like someone gave it a security uh, memo, but didn't say when the expiration date was. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and so they're doing it the rest of their lives. And yes. do you think that um, being in a, a child in a larger family has a you know with many more kids has a necessarily has a different impact on this kind of stuff? I think it can, but it it doesn't always have to. Okay. You have to remember that for millions of years, uh, the idea of the single mom or dad in a house raising two or three kids was not the norm. Right. For millions of years, there's a tribe. There's alloparenting is what they call it. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're getting consistently good responses to your bids for attention, whether it's from brothers or aunts and grandmothers and, and you know, that that child is going to learn that the world responds to me and I am welcome. Oh, yeah. I am worthy. Someone's got my back and I feel cherished. Oh my God, someone's going to help me when I need it. I can be empowered. Mm-hmm. So long as those four feelings are being given by the primary caretakers or whoever it could be, then that child is going to learn that this, that they are lovable and the world is a loving place and it's safe to love and be loved. Mm-hmm. So it's really the feelings the child is getting based on how consistent the environment is. And I don't believe we have to have uh, just one or two parents doing it. Mm-hmm. But, so a larger family could work so long as 
the child is getting consistently great responses. That's great. And, uh, and one of the things I do talk to my clients about sometimes with all this is, is also their temperament. So kind of, you know, where they are in the family, like you talked about, you know, if there's an, if, if uh, someone died, you know, in the, so that client might've had older siblings who were more securely attached because they were on the other side of that death, right? When they were getting a lot of those needs met. And and I think that, so where you are in the family, when you come in and what's happening, you know, if there's suddenly a recession or dad loses his job or mom does or whatever, and then the temperament too, you know, who you are as a human coming out of the womb. <laughs> yes. I, I think there's sort of a perfect storm there. Do you agree with that or is that something you take into account or how does that work for you? Well, <clears throat> I do believe people come in with, we know that there's some certain genetic preposit, uh, predispositions for uh introverted and extroverted and some other things. Though attachment is not. It's not. Uh, It's not genetically formed. It is purely when you pop out of the womb, how does the environment treat you? How mom and dad treat you? Mm -hmm. So now, do I believe that sometimes these can impact things? Yeah, I do. Uh, On the other hand, uh, you can, you know, secure isn't about whether you're anxious, you're uh, introverted or extroverted. Uh, You can, Someone can be very, very quiet, and, and, but they are a wonderful spouse who listens and attends. They're just not going to go out there and light up the stage. You know, there's <laughs> the rest of us hot dogs that love it. <laughs> you know? So yeah. whatever your disposition is, it's whether does it work in the relationship. Are you being attentive? Yeah. If you're so out there as an extrovert that you're ignoring your, your introverted spouse, that's not going to fly. Right. If you're so introverted that some part of you isn't picking up the needs of your, of, of your spouse um, or it's, uh, you're feeling afraid to reach out, then that's more of, a, of a, uh, an attachment issue. And, that's, and it won't work either. So it's how well do you respond to kids? Mm-hmm. That's great. The feelings you give each other. Okay. Love it. Uh, I just think it helps people, again, as they're thinking of their own childhood and their current relationships and sort of which of these matches. So I'm hoping of my listeners right now that you're going, oh, I'm, you know, I think I really resonate with avoidant or secure or anxious. Um, And we're doing this not so that you label yourself, but so that you can actually create movement. And And I, you said something to me earlier, Gary, that I loved, and that was that in the past, a lot of this has been all description and no prescription. Mm-hmm. And can, can you speak to that? Yes, yes. Uh, a, a lot of attachment theory, uh, when we first started doing the research, by the way, John Bowlby, when he started it, his wife said after his death in a memoir that he wanted to call it love theory. Mm. But... But he was afraid that he was a British psychiatrist in the 40s. He thought the Freudians would kick him out. Oh, yeah. So maudlinly romantic (laughs) as love. (laughs) Let's just just be perfectly prim and proper here and talk about it. Oh, that's great. (laughs) You know, know, and and break out the tea. I love it. Well, I like that you changed it because you call this discovering your love style. I do. I love it. I, I like that you shifted that energy of that. Yeah. So when when you're when you're dealing with all this, sometimes uh, you know attachment is an interesting thing. Um, like for me, I when I was born, my my mother wanted a girl. 
Huh. So much so that I found out I was dressed in pink for six months. But it wasn't until I was 15 that my aunt told me that I wasn't named for the first three months, <gasps> first three weeks, and that the state had to tell my mother that you can either name the guy or we can put you in a room someplace in the county that you could have a lot of time to think about it. Wow. <laughs> and she was not going to until my aunt said, name him after your two favorite uh, actors, Gary Cooper and Dean Martin. Uh, ah. <laughs> now, so now I, I picked up a real sense of rejection. That, that rejection mm -hmm. was always there. She, Kim came along and she finally had the, you know, the child that could be dressed in pink, right? Uh, and I, of course, you don't understand this, but there was, so every time I would, I would hear the word illegitimate child. Because uh, I was also the result of a of an affair in her first uh, marriage, I would just get see red because all these feelings around this birth were just loading up inside of me. Wow. So anytime I didn't feel totally included, red. So imagine. So w when that gets when that energy starts getting involved with your relationships, the oh. next pays for the ex. And yeah. if you really want to know what attachment's about, it's about these raging feelings we get early on if we don't get the four really good ones I talk about in the book. Welcomed with joy, worthy and nourished, cherished and protected and powerful choice. Those are the four feelings that tell you you're really loved as a one or two-year-old child. Mm -hmm. uh, if we get other ones like unwelcome, which I got really well, <laughs> and unworthy, yeah. and you know, or uncherished or disempowered, then those feelings are always there being instigated by all sorts of things and it just plays havoc with mm. our relationships wow and when we when we, and so nobody and so we need a calm brain and a calm brain needs these four feelings the other feelings don't create calmness mm -hmm. so when you really want to break down uh what what i'm doing in the book it's telling people how to feel in a relationship at their core so they can give and receive mm -hmm. great love instead of these other uh, less than wonderful feelings. Mm -hmm. That's I love that because I think that again, when folks come to me and when I get questions from listeners and readers on my blog, they one of the things they've lamented, I think, is that they would go to therapy and talk things, you know, talk about this stuff, and which in itself can be good and cathartic, and you can have some ahas, and that's all great. And then, and then, you know what? What's next? And so I like what I liked about the book was that there was this hope and this way to the, this prescription, this way to actually move forward as opposed to, well, here's this uh, diagnosis you have for lack of a better term, you know, here's this thing you have, this, this box we're putting you in. And so, well, now, you know, and I, I really uh, appreciate that there's now, okay, now, you know, and now what do we do? You know, how do we move forward? So I, I love that. Yeah, I mean, the point is, is not to give somebody a better story to explain how they got here. It's to show them a roadmap back to the to the person they were meant to be, the lifestyle they were designed by nature to have. Mother nature designed you to have a bond. Everything about evolution, you know, has pointed to a brain that can bond with immaculate intimacy and precision. And it's about the road back, discovering your true and natural best self. That some part gave up for good reasons, but now if we can just give you these four feelings back, you know, 
then that, if a brain that operates on welcomed and worthy and cherished and empowered is going to be pretty good in relationships, it's going to pick pretty good partners. This is the road back. And if you say, oh, I'm anxious or avoidant, which you might as well say I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not so good. But if you can say, you know, all I need to do is just train my brain to feel a little more worthy so I can reach out for my needs or a little more welcome so I can respond to my partner's needs and be responded to that or a little more empowered so I can have a voice with choice or a little more cherished so I can be in a we. I just can add those back and I get my brain to feel that more often and give it, then I'm good to go. Oh, I love it. So I do want to I do want to talk a little more about the these four feelings that create the lasting love. But first, you said something I I of course grabbed me. You say that love needs a calm brain, mm-hmm. and I'd love for you to explain more to my listeners about what that what that means. Okay, calm brain. Well, the first thing is you know I we know from couples research the Gottmans. I know you're big on the Gottmans. Uh huh. My my listeners know I love John Gottman, right? And his wife, yes, the Gottmans. I know, man. The, you know, the thing that is, uh, you know, that struck me is he was able to predict breakups with 94% accuracy, which was unheard of before yep. that. If you had gotten 10% or 20% predictive ability, you would have been hailed as a savior in the field for research. So but true. he goes to 94% and it's, it's, it's like Moses opening the Red Sea. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> I want that staff. (laughs) There it is. And because he did something nobody else did. He noticed physiology. Mm -hmm. He noticed when the brain was sending out distress signals to the body, cortisol, either anger or fear, fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And so we, and with, when the brain goes into these physiologically aroused states of fight and fight, fear or anger, 94% 94% of the time, love goes away within 6.8 years. Mm-hmm. So when I look at that, I realize that, you know, you'll see it in couples all the time. Habitual fights will wear you down. Yeah. It predicts a harsh startup always coming at and arguing each other. But what really calms a brain, nobody gets agitated, angered, or afraid of feeling welcomed with joy. <laughs> a feeling worthy to have your needs met. Love it. A feeling cherished and protected. Someone's got your back and empowered with choice. Nobody gets agitated. It's yeah. when agitation comes from unwelcome, unworthy. So what I know is that our brains are expecting a bond where we can flow with the experience. Where up, you know, a, 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 a calm brain where love can flourish. And whenever we, we have too many of these, uh, these states running where some part is running with old memories or current stuff going on, nothing good happens for love. Because the feelings that tell us we're loved go away in those states. Because these oh, yeah. are the four feelings that tell us we're loved. If we don't get them, then we're not loved. And eventually we all say, I deserve better, but we don't know how to get there sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so we go next, as then some part starts it all over again. But the, it's really important uh, to know that love takes a calm brain. Can I tell a story about uh, this? Please. Okay. Oh. I, was, I was speaking in Austin once on a stage on a panel with about 300 people, and there was a guy there that run your traditional uh, – he had a dating show on three cable networks, right? And, uh, and 
he, and I said something about being safe to love again, that we need to feel safe, calm. And he gets up and he says, how many of you want to feel safe? How many of you want passion, part, you know, passion? Mm-hmm. He talks about all this and hot sex and all this stuff. He says, nobody wants safe. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And he looks over at me, so I, I grab the mic and I go, you know... It's true. We all love passion. We love hot sex. Everybody loves that. Mm-hmm. I go, but let me tell you this. I go, ladies, you know, did you know that that when you are making love, that your that your amygdala has to be totally dark. That's the run that runs fight and yep. flight fear, or you don't have an orgasm. Right. If there is any activity in that part of your brain, it's going to be disappointment. You will not have an orgasm. How many of you like safe now? <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's I'm so great. Like calm now. Calm now. Um, you get excited. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so awesome. I love it. Well, and really, if you just took that, you know, down the sex road that everyone's always interested in, um, yeah. when, yeah, especially when women can't have orgasm because it is a total letting go. And if you don't feel safe to let go, if you're the whole time going, does my butt look big or what's he going to think? Or will I look funny if I do this or anything else? I mean, those are just the top things, let alone yeah. he doesn't really love me. He, you know, he thinks yeah. I'm this, he thinks I'm that, whatever that stuff is, uh, forget it. And I get these women in my office quite a bit. So I am so with you there. <laughs> Calm brain yeah. brings you good stuff. And, and this is Esther Perel's, you know, the domesticity versus eroticism, right? In some ways, but I like what you're, to me, what you're is saying is there's a bridge between that. You, you really do have to have that safety to get to the eroticism. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, don't knock safety. Safety is what we all need to have all the passion and partnership we want. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So, <laughs> no, that's so great. And so, and how do you, does your brain then know when you're loved? Okay. So your brain knows you're loved. Well, this is, when I first asked the question, there's this, Funny, I had this funny month where all 20 of my clients asked me the same question. <laughs> One of them had been to my workshop the previous month, and they said, hey, how can you create some sort of web, you know, workshop that in one weekend, we can have a secure break? And I thought, well, that's a little tall order for a two or three day workshop. But, I began, but when 20 people ask you, then I began thinking, so what really is doing that? And I, my mind said, I said, so what? tells a secure brain to be secure and that's there that the others don't have what's Mm -hmm. doing that and 
my mind eventually settled on an attachment theory, what's called the strange situation. It's where you take a one to one and a half year old child and you separate from them from their mother. And based on how they show up, you can tell whether they're anxious, secure, or avoidant. The anxious babies go and play by themselves and it's like mom never even left. They're not upset because they're not expecting mom to be there in the first place. They've already thrown things down. The anxious babies come back, they're crying, they can't be consoled, they're, they won't want to be hugged and they want to hit mom at the same time. Those are your anxious. Where, how dare you go away? And then the secure, man, they, they get up, they get hugged, and then they go back and play. It's like, yep, new mom was coming back. Glad, glad to see her. Now, that and those track for the rest of your life. By the time you're one year old, one year old. So now, at one year old, as we well know, the prefrontal cortex, the most human part of us, isn't online, nor is the logic online. So there's no story. There's no story running here. There's no limiting beliefs. Everybody has heard about limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs come on at three to explain what's already happened when the yeah. prefrontal cortex comes. There's, there's no identity. I am. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a really solid guy. Or, you know, I'm a therapist. You know, <laughs> you know whatever I am, whatever, you know. None of that is running. Mm. The only thing that's running that tells that baby they are loved or not is our feelings. Hmm. feelings it's the only thing running mostly from what's called implicit memory and then i said so what feelings surely not all are equal right <laughs> you know and they're not i began to look at from how uh when i had gone and we had dealt with these situations you know early situations with clients i went to something called neo and developmental and i began to these six they they talk about six rights that children get between zero and three. And you get from the right to exist in the first two months. If it's given well and you're loved, you get a wonderful feeling of welcomed with joy. Oh, Abby, so glad to see you today. Oh, there's a cute little one. Right? I can <laughs> see her in you, right? Then, then the next right is worthy and nourished. I mean, that's the feeling. Because you have a right to reach out for your needs. You have a right to reach out for your needs. They're crying, mom comes back with a bottle or the binky or whatever else. Mm -hmm. Then you feel worthy and nourished. Then when you get a little mobility in your toddler and you know, hey, mom's over there, I'm over here, I'm a me and what's got my back? I need a we. Then you get this feeling and mom has your back, she's looking over you. But you get to be a me. Then you get to have some proper support and you feel cherished and protected. And then the last two rights are a right to create your own experience and a right to assert. And if that's navigated well, then you feel empowered with choice. This is all happening in the first two years. Wow. So those reference feelings from getting the, that became my, my signature. So if you could feel welcomed and worthy and cherished and empowered, then you get what they call as the sixth right, love and be loved. That's where your brain adds up the four feelings, the math, and says, did I get four from four in love? So what tells your brain as a one-year-old, as a 10-year-old, as a 20-year-old, as a 40-year-old, as an 80-year-old, are these four feelings that your brain uses as your GPS, reference feelings. Wow. Did I feel welcome? Did I feel worthy? Did I feel cherished? Did I feel empowered? Any situation, intimate, work, friends, I just take a moment if you're out there and think, when was the last time you felt unworthy and loved? <laughs> mm. 
or unwelcome. Wow. Something's off in the relationship. So the new GPS is you, you, you listen to your guts. Did I feel these four feelings? And if one's missing, something could be worked on. Wow. Two's missing. You're probably thinking, what's my best friend's therapist number? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and three yep. or four, you're in a toxic relationship and it's either uh, to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So, no, I love that. And I, I like these, these four feelings. I think people can really, and these will be in the show notes, everybody, if you're, you know, listening as you drive, not to worry. Um, but these four feelings to me are things people can really attach to and go, oh, am I getting that one or not? Am I getting that one or not? And they're current. So, and that leads me to my next question. How can couples create a great relationship that lasts? Okay. A lot of times I have a one little sheet of worksheet with the, the four feelings, rank them one to 10. And I give like four or five examples of what each one is. Okay. And a lot of times in the first session or two, when I work with couples rather than singles, I will just give them to them and say, hey, you know, uh, what's going on here? And that will give me a pretty good roadmap. How, no, I don't feel worthy at all. But, you know, and then he goes, well, you know, I feel always controlled. I don't feel empowered in this relationship. Now I've got their dueling rights. Ah. <laughs> you know, their dueling figures. So, you know, man, when, when I don't feel worthy, then I really criticize you and disempower you. And then when, when I feel disempowered, the guy says, or she, or she says, then I won't meet your needs and I'll make you. <laughs> and now you've got wow. a circle of yep. bad feelings. That oh. And then you know that what you, it's, you've got to give both of them. This is the trick. It's not just the Gottman-like skills. You know, well, we could give Worthy by teaching him love maps. and We could mm -hmm. you know, give her more ability to give him uh, empower choice by teaching her, you know, soft startups, right, uh, or or anything else. Uh, neither of them had the right to feel. They all. What I'm saying is, let me put it this way: both of them had the right to feel, based on childhood, exactly the way they felt in that relationship. So I give his brain the right to feel empowered. Mm. So he's not setting things up. I give her a right to feel worthy. And then we put in the skill set, and then love takes off. Because if you give couples skill sets, and but their brain has doesn't have a right to reach out, so it doesn't have a right to feel worthy, it simply won't do it. It won't reach out. Wow. And if oh. he doesn't have a right to feel empowered, he will not. He will not. He will not assert his truth. Mm. We give him back their rights, and then we show them how. They've chosen each other for exactly the experience so they can thank each other and choose better instead of making each other wrong. Of course, we're both like this. And then we give them a skill set, and then they know how to give themselves and each other these four beautiful feelings, and love takes off. I love it. You know, this reminds me, in your book, there was a line I loved it. You said, a brain that has no right to love and be loved typically deletes a lot of signals. Mm-hmm. And I would love, because I talk about this kind of stuff too, like that we don't notice certain things, you know, that are in our environment. Can you, can you say what you mean by that? Yeah. Um, uh, have, you know, one of the things we know is when somebody has a, like a missing right to love and be loved, then they're always, uh, they're always looking out for the day they're not loved. That, mm -hmm. that filter 
then will delete all the time someone comes up and gives them a hot, cup, yep. a hot chocolate or whatever. Now for the, so they don't notice all the good things. They're so looking out for the day loves, but they're not going to be. Yep. Now this partner walks in and is trying desperately and uh, to love them, but they just keep deleting. As one client said, what do, how do I deal with this woman who thinks she has no needs? <clears throat> Every time he tried to meet her needs to be a really good guy, she would go, no, no, no. I don't have a right to be loved, and I'm not going to depend on a man, and I'm not going to have I'm going to reach out. And it was so frustrating. And that, But all she could see is this, well, you know, what about this, and what about this, and what about this? Mm -hmm. Until she had the right to feel safe with being loved. You know, it's to know that if I reach out, I'm not going to have my hands slapped by mom. Wow. <laughs> this guy just... Yeah reach out and say what do you need baby yeah then that's kind of the way it is we are always we get these identities based on these missing rights i was working with a couple in the fall and uh, she, she was prone more to very harsh startups very anxious you know she would just immediately say mean snarky things well blah, 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 you know and i said something in effect i said you know one of the things we need to work on is just is can we say that in a in a more loving way? And her first mistress look, she goes, you know, I'm just a little more vocal, and uh, and I'm just a little, and so I'm just a bit of a hothead. I'm a hothead. That's just who I am. That was identity, yep. <laughs> covering up a missing right to have her needs met. <laughs> so true. Right. So we got so, and now what is she going to filter for? Things that, you know, that that feed into that uh, aggrieved identity. <laughs> yes. And so once we started opening up, but look at all the other things that are going on. Oh, what if we could calm down? So we had to give her a new identity too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, because that other identity, I tell my clients all the time, you know, we prove ourselves right. And that's part of, you know, if we're so sure about this is who we are, then we will only see things that support that in many ways. So yeah, breaking that, initial identity into something else is critical. Yeah. Well, I mean, what if we could, you know, like I said in the book at one time, what if we could swap out those limiting identities, right? Well, I'm just always unlucky in life or whatever. What if we could, if we're especially in a couple, uh, what if we could say, you know, I'm the, I'm the one who worthies my partner. Mm. I'm the one who empowers. Yeah, wow. What if I'm the secure one? What if I'm the calm one? If we gave us that, right, you know, you know, whereas most couples, you know, one of the things that couples, not that I would ever do this, is try to be right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the right one, right? You know, I am the sacrificer. These, mm -hmm. these will not work, you know. No. But, but it, what if I'm the worthy one and I can give you this? Yeah. These are way better identities. And I base, so what we want is an identity that, that can allow us to give and receive, it's got to be both ways, mm -hmm. these four beautiful feelings. That's and, great. Uh, for me, I'll be honest, you know, we, dealing with my, my borderline mother, uh, there were kind of like two identities that uh, uh, kind of came to be more in prominence for me. I found out that uh, if you couldn't be found right, then you could get beat. Yeah. 
So I would argue that I was not wrong because I, you know, and if I could prove I was right. So imagine what, how that plays into a relationship. Oh boy. I hate saying it, but you know, a lot of women don't like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the opposite is everybody else gets to be wrong, right? Yep. Afraid so. And then the other one was, uh, I found out in high school, if I got, if, if, if I got logical, it would confuse her. And then she'd forget what was on her agenda. Oh, wow. Imagine walking up into a relationship uh, for years, thinking I'm going to be very loving. I'm never going to get a divorce. I'm going to work my butt. But these things are still running. Yep. And I walk in and I'm always right. And I'm always being logical. No one, to be honest with you, I understand why not this one. Yeah. I left her lonely and disempowered yep though i was trying desperately to connect with logic and being right yeah oh yeah yeah so these things don't work and whatever it is there's all these little identities where i'm the fixer i'm the peacemaker you Mm -hmm. know i'm you know i'm the powerful one you know whatever they are if they're not giving it so giving and taking these four feelings love is not going to last no so true. Oh, it's great. And I know a lot of people can connect to that or being the controlling one or whatever that is, but having that get in the way over and over and reverting to that behavior over and over, right? So, you know, you so shift for a little while, but not long. People say, oh, yeah, I'm, I know I'm OCD. In my <laughs> if you translate into these feelings, it's, oh, I know I'm the disempowering one. Yeah. Well, you know, who wants that? <laughs> what a setup. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you, you, yeah, just think, if what feelings come from the person I say I usually am in a relationship? Yeah. Then you understand what you're, why love isn't working. That's great. So I, I think if everybody listening just even took only that away from today, you, you'd get so much that uh, just to think about the labels and how you label yourself in all your relationships, but especially in your loved ones. So I have, I have two final questions. Uh, and now in your book, you say that love is the operating system. And so how does love affect, you know, our whole lives, not just our, our relationships too, but, but everything? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you, Abby. I, 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 that's, that's one of my favorite chapters. I, I, I don't know how it was, but I began to notice I had a lot of entrepreneurial women that show up because I speak. and They often had their own businesses. And, uh, and the very first entrepreneurial woman uh, uh, that I had, I just, it was just interesting. She was always with Taken. She had a missing right Kevin needs now. Never felt worthy. All of her people were, were you know, boyfriends were takers, right? Or they were married, so she couldn't get everything. Ah, perfect. One or the other will give you the same feeling of undeserving, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and alternated. So when we started working, she got rid of the married boyfriend. And, and then we were working more. She got in a short relationship, and he was more of a taker. We got rid of him, and then we were full right to feel worthy. And pretty soon, she pulls in a really cool guy that just loved meeting her needs. Then the day comes in, she goes, you know, I think my roommate is a taker. I think she's I like all my other boyfriends. Sure enough. Of course. We had picked a roommate. Now, it wasn't that. Then she, one day she comes in and she goes, Gary, do you think this missing right to have my needs and affecting my business? She goes, I can't charge my value. I'm always giving away freebies. 
Wow. If you're going to have to give, 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 then that's a per that right went into the business. Another example of that was one year, you think it's just giving? No, it's not that. I had four women who were all seven-figure business owners. So they had a perfect right to have their needs. <laughs> you know, they, they yep. that, that was not the problem. That wasn't the problem. <laughs> But all of them had what I call the missing right to a split right to separate long. They had more right to be separate than to belong to an, an, a supportive, empowering we. All of them had boyfriends, one, uh, you know, uh, a husband that would sometimes fight if they, like one said, I went on, I had to move, and he takes off the whole week of the move and then comes back smiling. <laughs> Wasn't wow. there when I needed him. And nice. then all of them, had staffs that would, that would flake on them. They had picked supportive staff, all had five to seven people supporting. One, as one said, I just went on launch and two people on my staff went, went, went AWLL, my web designer, my other person, and I need them this week. And I simply said, like your, like your ex-boyfriend. So, and then we worked on that. These rights, mm. the brain takes these these rights they're really templates and permission slips for experience and it swaps them out mm. for other experiences like business and health one woman i know that had a missing right to have her needs met told me after about three months that uh, when we gave her back a right to have her needs met she stopped going, going out with married people you know who wouldn't be in her needs that was her pattern and she goes i don't know what happened she goes i'm 42 I've had anemia since I was nine. I've never been able to beat it. And it went away. Her body wow. was mirroring her missing right to have It just wouldn't take in. Mm. And so at some level, whether it's health, uh, money, finances, uh, business especially, these, these rights, these templates, we, we swap them out. And it's like we're, and it's like our whole, um, life is being designed by our lifestyle. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Very so much. I, it's so cle clearing this up here mm -hmm. is really going to have such huge benefits everywhere else in in their lives. Exactly. I sometimes hear women often, I got to work on my business first. No, 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 no. You work on love first and that, and we'll clear the business up as a result. Uh, this really is because it's set in early. This is literally hardwired wiring. Uh, in the first three years. So the brain then just is set up to create unworthy or unwelcome experiences. And wow. if you think about it, imagine you have a split right to love and be loved. You don't have a full right to be loved back. I don't know how many times I have seen clients who have been on stage that would walk off before the applause stopped. Or they just couldn't create that Facebook community where they'd be have a raving fan club. Yeah. You know what stopped them? <laughs> Same thing that was stopping them in love. Yes. Oh, love that. Okay. Yeah. And now, so how does a person, so someone listening right now, how do they learn their lessons about love so they can have this connected, fulfilling, soulful relationship? That is a great question. <laughs> The first thing I would do, as I tell people, is these rights are like groundhog day. They keep showing up over and over, these feelings, the missing feelings, you know, uh, the bad feelings. So I, you, you look at your life. 
Look at the last, and what's the experience that keeps showing up over and over again? Not the one that, you know, if you broke your leg at Tahoe skiing, and, you know, not that one. One time but, thing, yeah. Yeah, but the thing that's like Groundhog Day. And what's that missing feeling? Well, I never feel worthy to have memories. I'm never enough. Or mm. no matter what I do, I'm not seen. So you're not cherished and protected. Or I lose myself in relationships. So I lose my power. Whatever that is, look back over your life and say, what's the consistent missing feeling? Is it welcome? Is it worthy? Is it cherished? Is it empowered? Then you have to, and then you have to do the deep work. You have to find somebody who can help you not just get a better story about it, but someone who can truly help reset your brain so you have a right to feel welcome. Everybody. Then you stop, if you're single, you stop uh, attracting Mr. Rome. Because the way I talk about it, when you have a brain that's set for secure love, you know you have a right to feel worthy, welcome, cherished, and empowered. So they're, they're Mr. Rights. Mr. Rights. <laughs> not Mr. Right. If they give back, they reflect back all of your rights, all of these things. So you have to do the deep work. And the biggest thing is to know that nobody's wrong here. Stop making yourself wrong. You know, some part of you wisely took the best deal available. The, the little Gary who decided to be right was taking the best deal available. <laughs> yeah. The part of you that doesn't reach out for your needs is taking the best deal available but 30 or 40 or 50 years ago. And notice that if your brain, if we can just get it safe once more, it will gladly take a better deal. Mm -hmm. And so there's always hope. And this is always done. And you need a community. We are born into communities. They're called parents, family. Uh, and you can't do this alone. You need a trusted mentor. And you need a supportive community of secure people, not the jaded boyfriend or girlfriend who's never had a good relationship in 20 years, but supportive people. Who, and so you've got to give yourself the right to reach out for help and to know that um, this isn't just possibility of hope. Mm. This is your birthright. You were born for this. And your brain knows that at some level. And whatever right it took away it put in a layaway plan for you for the day you got bigger or you got out of that relationship if, you, if it happened in adulthood so that you can go and get that layaway and have it back. So it's time to go get your layaway plan of whatever feeling is missing and claim that thing. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I'm so wrapping up there because that is beautiful and perfect and I think really sums up, really, if I think of the whole book, that sums it up what you just said. And I love the idea, you know, we're not wrong. Yeah. We were truly doing our best at that time. And now it's time to do something different because exactly. we don't need to be that anymore. So as we wrap up, just tell, uh, tell my listeners where they can find you. Okay. They can find me at www.garysalyer, G-A-R-Y-S-A-L-Y-E-R.com. Mm -hmm. Uh, there'll be a, there's a, there'll a link there to order the book as well. And on the side, uh, there's also a video series of two to four minute videos that puts, yes, you'll be on my mailing list, and, mm -hmm. but, uh, uh, they're practical advice. You know, there's also some quotes from John Gray and Ariel Ford and people like that. Uh, there's actually one couple, this is so cool, that have already listened to it. They were 
both twice divorced, in their 50s, engaged and about ready to break up. He ran across these love notes and said, oh my God, we need to listen to this. It saved their engagement and they got married in France. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. And I go All over right. several things in the book. So if you have the book and the video series, you're going to get a lot of what it takes so that, you know, as I say, it's kind of my new motto for life. Everyone deserves a love that lasts. I, I love it. That's great. So, and I'll, of course, link to all of this in the show notes. So you can also get it all there. And I just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast, Gary. It's awesome. I'm so excited about your book and I can't wait to recommend it to clients. Well, I want to thank you for being here. You know, we've been friends for about five or six years yep. now. I love your work in the world. We are both on the side of helping singles and couples find lasting love. And, you know, it's been an honor to be on a podcast with someone who truly, for me, feels like a kindred spirit. Ah, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.